Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 315 on Tuesday, the 17th of March, 2020. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week we'll be wondering if the budget was as good as it first looked. We will all bow down to Andrew's Nostradamus-like skills of prediction about sim racing. And we look back fondly to happier times, you know, last September. But first, we have a smidgen of follow-up. As seems to be the norm. But this time it's something different. No Dieselgate. No Gonegate. It is to do with smart motorways. And the review has been completed that the Transport Secretary confirmed they would go through in January after lots of uh, campaigning for them to be looked at again by various organisations and individuals. And from this, they've taken 18 points to be seriously considered stroke implemented. I don't mm-hmm. think all of them will be implemented, but a fair chunk of them are. Now, there is going to be a link in the show notes directly to the response by the Department of Transport, so you can see all those individually, but also there is a link uh, summarising it all to an autocar article. One of the particular problems that everyone seems to have with smart motorways is the dynamic hard shoulders so they're the ones that can be a hard shoulder and then can be used as in times of uh, over congestion yeah with congestion is they turn into a live lane and that's where a lot of the focus has been in the campaigning about these. So what's going to happen now is dynamic hard shoulders will disappear. And as I understand it, because I got a little bit confused with this, mm-hmm. is with with what they're going to do, It look, it, what they are going to now do is that there will be just full-time four lanes and it won't be dynamic. And then people will need to use the emergency refuge areas of which they're going to install more hopefully try and get it to 0.7 of a mile apart which seems reasonable yes so we still have a problem where people could be potentially stopped in a live lane however that's the same as a motorway now yeah and added to this is they are speeding up or trying to speed up the implementation of a detection system for spotting stopped vehicles as well Mm -hmm. to help with this. They'll also be having more highways patrol officers that like the highways England, not police, but highways officers on the routes for smart motorways so that they are getting to vehicles quicker. So at the minute, it's apparently an average of 17 minutes or they're aiming for that and they want to get it down to 10 minutes. Okay. Those are all things that will make, you know, that's a considerable improvement, really. That's that's like, that's over 30%, yeah, it's, he says, it, doing amateur maths it, on the go. Yeah, it, it seems, uh, these all seem very sensible. They also talked about how they are going to chuck 5 million into educating drivers as well, because mm-hmm. they feel they haven't done that as well as they could. Let me tell you about that after Thursday afternoon. Okay. <laughs> Right, let's move on. Take us to uh, just a quick quick update of the global news. Uh, so global news really has one subject at the moment, and because we are we attempt to be vaguely comprehensive, we're going to cover it, but we're going to cover it relatively quickly. Lots of issues. So coronavirus, obviously, is what I'm talking about. Lots and lots of impacts on production, certainly across Europe. 
at the moment. So whilst some factories are coming on stream again in China, uh, according to the news and reports from there, then uh, what's happening is is that because you know we're behind the oh we're all talking about by being behind in front of the curves and all these kind of things right now but it's at the stage where where people are either asking for their factory to be closed to mothballed for a moment or they're actually doing it so uh, volkswagen is shutting down production in europe i'm just going to run down run through who's doing what really mm-hmm. rather than going into this in any detail there's links to all these stories the coronavirus production watch on automotive news europe uh, should be the place you go for these yep. uh, so i'm just going to read the headlines you guys can go into more detail if you want to so volkswagen production in europe shut down over the coronavirus Uh, Renault has closed down all its factories in France PSA is idling all the various European factories including Ellesmere Port and the Opel and Vauxhall ones as well as Social Malouz and any of these places Volkswagen is reducing the output of its Portugal plant by 16% JLR said the Slovakian plant is still operating Fiat Chrysler has stopped output of most European plants, uh, given that they're centralized in northern Italy. I, I think just the whole coordination is probably very, very difficult. Mm. Ford is shutting its Spanish factory, and Volkswagen is to close its US plant for one day. Uh, Renault, Nissan, and Seat have halted output in Spain. In most of, the, in a lot of these cases, uh, there are more. Uh, damn i'm not going to go into those Uh, stuff like mercedes for example uh then workers are saying no hang on can we wait until we've worked out how we can do this whilst maintaining uh, the appropriate space between workers Mm -hmm. so people aren't working in one another's breath and in a but in a lot of these cases it's to do with suppliers so of course if the further down supply chain you've got challenges maybe it's parts coming from the far east or it's that your suppliers have said no actually we're going to we're going to halt then if you don't have the widget that you need that needs to go into every car you can't build the car so it's a knock-on effect and to be honest keeping people apart is um is is a good idea right at the moment i think yeah that's what i led to believe anyway yes added to this uh, nissan announced late on today that they are going to close the sunderland plant as well yeah i'm sorry i that, wasn't in, that wasn't in that list, but uh, it will be tomorrow morning by the time uh, this, these go out because of the way that Automotive News Europe work. It's changing every couple of hours. That list will probably be out of date by the time you listen to this. Yep. Right, moving on. And it seems such a long time ago, but we had a budget last week. <laughs> Do you remember last week? It was so happy. Uh, yes, I had such optimism. Uh, right, so there are a few things to do with the budget because an awful lot of expenditure was announced and investment. Uh, lots of talk about infrastructure. So I feel that the power of this podcast has once again proven itself at the highest of levels, that they, they have decided to uh, work on the infrastructure and try and invest in that because, of course... I have harped on many times about how we need to invest in our infrastructure. But they are talking about massive amounts of money for potholes, of which many people then jumped up and down and said, well, that's not enough. (laughs) Of course they did. It's a waste of money. Yes. They are also freezing fuel duty again, making it sound like they're doing such a big For the 10th year in a row. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which got... A lot of environmentally leaning people up in arms, uh, I have to say. 
which was... You're never going to win, though, are no, no, no. And then they're going to invest a lot in... Um, $27 billion worth uh, in new roads and improving roads between 2020 and 2050. So that's that's a lot of upgrading of our transport infrastructure. So hmm. well, that's welcoming. But there was there was what sounded like good news when talking about the scrapping the 40 or the, basically the jealousy tax for electric vehicles. Yeah. But it didn't actually work out to be superb after all. No, there was lots of bits and pieces. Yeah. built into it yeah and there was some repetition of things which had already been announced beforehand yeah uh, as as well but yeah it, it's a bit it's a bit weird some of the, the jealousy tax stuff and especially some of the things around the plug-in well they reduced it down from three and a half to three thousand mm-hmm. but and they said we were taking away the 40 grand jealousy tax but then the plug-in is not going to be eligible over fifty thousand. At yeah. all. With six with six hours of notice, that was the winner on that one. Yes, that was. We'll do it now. And by the way, if your thing's not in by midnight tonight, you're not getting it. It's like, oh. yes, which it's a bit rough. Funnily enough, caused a little bit of consternation in the for, for manufacturers, understandably. Well, yeah, I mean, you that was basically don't even have a chance to read the document properly. No, no, uh, in in that time because it's big. There are ways though that you can continue to get some of the. The grant, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. uh, from a couple of manufacturers. So the plug-in car grant was reduced from three and a half thousand to three thousand pounds, but it's going to run for uh, until twenty twenty-two stroke twenty twenty-three. Okay, so it will be around for longer, but it's going to be a bit less. Some manufacturers are offering to pick up the five hundred pounds that's changed in between. Just as a selection, uh, there's the Renault. Uh, we'll be doing it uh, for the Zoe. Yep. MG uh, for the ZS EV, Peugeot as well. Yep. And the uh, DS autom- Automobiles too. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you find, uh, talking of sneaky tactics by in the budget, didn't you find a, uh, a tweet which mentioned that there's actually going to be a consultation on VED or something? It's from Sam Burnett. Oh, yeah. And what he said is there's going to be uh, changing it to a granular system that would see current bandings dumped and every gram of CO2 emissions charged differently is part of the consultation. Mm -hmm. So there is a consultation on that. It it was a very tiny announcement sort of in the background. Sam keeps an eye on these things. I've kept an eye on these things because he worked for SMMT Mm -hmm. until just the other week. I have no idea where he is where he's going to next but yeah just just keep an eye out for that yeah that, that, that sounds like that's going to be a bit of a stinger that was one of them the other one was pavement parking there were a bunch of consultations announced uh over the last couple of weeks uh, about different sort of automotive related things yeah they've now escaped my mind because so much news has happened in between i'm afraid yeah the pavement the pavement parking one there's it's being portrayed as a very simplistic issue, and as we know, it's not. It is much more complicated than that. Mm. So, yeah, I'm keeping my eye on that particularly, just from a personal point of view, because I'd like to have yeah. a car remotely in the same street as my house, if it's all possible. That's a serious one for you. We don't have pavements here. You're either in the shared space or on your drive. Yeah. Talking of implementation of things, uh, Leeds is going to bring in their clean air zone. 
in September. It was due to be in January, but they are blaming the government because there was a delay in their systems, which meant they couldn't bring it in in January. So it's now going to go live on the 28th of September. Yes, that's right, 28th of September this year. And it is targeting HGVs, buses, coaches, taxis and private hire vehicles. So not normal people in normal cars, okay? Not private cars. So if you are a driver of an HGV bus or coach that is a non-compliant type, you're going to be charged 50 quid a day for entering the um, clean air zone. So that's not each time, but a day. Uh, Taxis and private hires will have a daily charge of £12.50. Uh, there is a map. If you go into Leeds or you live in Leeds and you want to know what, how big an area it's covered, and it looks quite a large area, to be fair, uh, you can click on the link in the show notes and halfway down the Motoring Research article, there is a map showing the area that's covered. This is this Bristol is how you do it. Yeah, so I was going to say this seems to have been implemented fairly well because already, knowing that this was coming in, uh, there's local buses have been able the the fleet operators have been able to start changing up their fleets mm-hmm. and they've been obviously going for the more efficient vehicles and already in areas that were or particularly bad have dropped below the legal limits for yeah. for poor air quality so that's great do you know what i like about this and what i think a, a, a large improvement will come from are the old stinkers that seem to be contracted by councils to to act as school buses. Mm. You know, the 35-year-old 30, old buses, which, sure, it might not be on its original engine, but goodness me, they're, they're grim. Mm. Uh, and it's it's the reduction in those at peak times where there's lots of kids walking on the pavements. Yep. You know, just the people you really want to be inhaling those particulars. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I think that this is is an important that's a really important thing to get right and and this kind of setup really means that those providers will get hit too so they have to improve it. And it's not just good for the air quality, it's good for the safety of the people who happen to be riding in them. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, as well so so i feel that that probably is is will, will be making a will be making a difference yep i agree amon evi etc mm-hmm. tell us about aston martin Alan. Ah, this one's a weird one i still don't know what to make about the the whole story and the background to this because i don't know the aston martin share price has been diving like i don't know what's his name tom daly um <laughs> flamboyantly <laughs> flamboyantly yes <laughs> But no, it's been it's dropped like a like a stone, really. And in January, there was an agreement where Lance Stroll's investment fund was going to take a sixteen and a half percent stake in Aston Martin for one hundred and eighty-two million pounds, uh, with which meant it was priced at four pounds per share. You know, plus a three hundred eighteen million pound cash infusion, so it all added up to five hundred million. There's the the share price has just gone to free fall. Uh, whether I don't I don't know. I, I don't want to say it doesn't look like a natural free fall, but I don't really understand how these things work uh, when it comes to stock markets and stocks and shares. And I know that saying that somebody's been messing with stuff intentionally is probably not a good idea. No, I, I've checked our legal budget, and it doesn't 
actually have sufficient for you to start making such statements that you weren't making anyway. But it seems, I've nothing behind that, but it just seems particularly... Aston seems to have got very badly hit. Yes, when others haven't. Yes. I think that that's the best way to put it. The investment fund, which is called U-Tree, by the way, which is quite unfortunate here in the UK, but probably not an issue in the, in the States, is now going to take 25% of the company, but at a mere £2.25 uh, £2. a share, as well as providing £75.5 million in short-term working capital support. But it's an extra £36 million as well, though. Overall, it's an extra £36 million, yep. yes. So all a bit strange and and mixed up there was meant to be an agm yesterday funnily enough because of events they have been that was postponed uh so people have been voting by proxy and all sorts of stuff so we'll see exactly what happens but it's all a bit it's all a bit mucky i wonder how much a quarter of the company as opposed to 16 percent changes the dynamic because it must it must but i think it needs i don't know but it sounds like he's got the, the the enthusiasm to make Aston a success, and it's not a get-rich-quick scheme or anything. It sounds like he's he's going in for the right reasons. Get-richer-quick, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, let's face it. Traditionally, investing in Aston Martin has is, is been a get-poorer-quick <laughs> scheme, you know. Yes. Yeah, just history. Pure history with Aston Martin. I mean, it's amazing how they can... As a company and their their history, they've been able to you know pluck financial ruin from the jaws of success, <laughs> and it's happened again, and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, should we move on to something happier? Yes. Come on, because this is something that I said was unbelievable and seems to be turning into, uh, and seems to be turning into real life, making me eat an awful lot of humble pie as a result. Well, what's what's quickly becoming our favourite EV company in Britain, Arrival. Uh, now they've come out of stealth mode. Let's not forget that. Uh. <laughs> Don't. I watched Die Another Day last night with the uh, the Aston Martin vanish. Hey, look, we've joined two to we've joined two to two two stories together, and that that's just still one of the worst Bond cars for for that. Sorry, <laughs> I'm traumatized. But Arrival are going to be opening a factory which should come on stream in 2021 in uh, Oxfordshire near Bicester, which is a 15-year lease, and this is on the back of the recent investment they've had from Hyundai and Kia, as well as uh, from uh, help they had from, was it UPS, was the other mm-hmm. big major investor. Um, so this is great news. This is, this is great news that they are now at the point where they need large premises to start building the things they've been designing with their customers. So it's excellent. Some, some happy news in these dark times. <laughs> So I was reading, and this story is from MTDMFG. Yes, there there isn't a. I, I don't know what the full name is, but that's what the website is. There actually, called. No, that's just what it's. It is everywhere, isn't yeah. it? It's something to do with manufacturing, obviously. But anyway, it's it's quite a good story. God, don't never speak to us again. They employ six hundred people around the world hmm. already, so you know they have been being very stealthy. Good to see they've stopped and good to see uh, that happening. Here's his hope, and it's a huge success. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. We like huge successes. Tell us about something very old that needed some help. Well, it's not that old. It's a 50, it, The bridge is only 50 years old. That's old for infrastructure. It is quite old for it. Well, not really. I think there are many bridges much older than 50 years here in the UK. Yes, my local one where I can see the cobbles, the original cobbles. <laughs> 
Oh, that one's yeah, that one around the corner from you is quite bad. But work has <laughs> has begun to repair uh, the 200 meter long bridge that crosses the River Mersey. Uh, near Didsbury, that support it's a concrete bridge supported on fifteen columns. And what Highways England has done or managed to do is lift the entire bridge off of its supports, not by a huge amount, only five mil. But what it means is that they'll be able to repair all of the columns and sort of take out the now rusting steel centers in the supports uh, and re-reinforce them yeah which is going to be pretty cool it's going to continue until 2023 so it's going to take a little while yeah they, they actually repaired two columns last year and now they're working on two columns at the east end of the bridge that's quite cool i quite like it when that happens yeah it, it says here in this merging research article there's something like eighty thousand cars go over the bridge every day <laughs> By the way, what I like most about this motoring research article are the are the number of similes uh, to do with to do with size. So, it's five mil is about the width of an iPhone, thickness of an iPhone, and the there was the other one. Oh yes, the motorway weighs eight hundred tons, which is the same as five blue whales. <laughs> there is no mention in the article about the area of the bridge in terms of Wales or Belgium. <laughs> disappointing only three sorry. stars sorry that's yes <laughs> try harder next time guys yes come on ethan so, come on ethan so so easy to rip the p so much harder to actually write the articles yes yes very easy from our our ivory tower yes uh this week everyone sees the return of guilt minute your favourite point in the show where we remind you uh, to think about and consider what the motoring podcast is worth to you. If you feel it's worth a small amount of your hard-earned cash, please head to motoringpodcast.com and click on the orange Become a Patron button right there on the front page. If you're already a patron, then thank you so very much. Uh, we understand that not everyone has the ability to do this, so please don't forget to like, rate, and leave feedback via the podcast player of your choice. If you've done all that, then you absolutely rock. Just like I did away from the microphone there. Uh, so how's about accosting a friend who you think would enjoy this and telling them all about us uh if for some reason you can't don't actually subscribe to the show then how's about doing so for free making sure we come to you without the anxiety and worry that you might miss out on the next amazing show you can also get our merch as well quick reminder of the merch shop uh where you can go to motoringpodcast.com slash sweet hyphen merch it takes you to the shop we can go to motoringpodcast.com slash support to find out more yes thank you to all our patrons and our new patron thank you very mm, much for your new patron for your support that is enormously gratefully received and appreciated yes without wishing to feel so too sound too grovelly about it yes absolutely it really is thank you right formula e uh yeah yeah it's, it's suspended guys okay moving on <laughs> That's basically it. it that, that basically is it. Uh, 2019-2020 season will be suspended for two months. And yes, they're going to pick up more news when they know, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think everything is a, an initial suspension of, and then insert mm -hmm. timescale. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, insert at least until May. Yeah. Rally Mexico wasn't, though. No, it wasn't. Well, not at the start. <laughs> Hmm. This was quite an odd event because it got 
shut down at the end of the second day, so they didn't run into Sunday. And at the end of the second day, Sebastian Ogier, who was very vocal about how he didn't think the event should have taken place at all, uh, for all the right reasons, for putting uh, people who were there at risk. Not He wasn't talking about himself necessarily, but more about the the fans and things like that. And he felt it was a it was an unnecessary risk that they they took, but uh, he won when he took over. I think it was on um, on Friday. He managed to to get in front when mm. uh, Nouvelle had a had an issue. Who was doing really well at the start? I mean, he won everything on uh, Thursday night, and Tanek was doing great on Friday, but Tanek. Uh, broke a rear suspension, but in the end he ended up second. He fought back through. Nouveau had electronic issues, which meant he he was out of the race and he missed a power stage, so he didn't get any points yep. at all, which was unfortunate. But M Sports Sunanin, he was with uh, close with uh, Ogier on the Friday, and uh, but Tanik overtook him, so he ended up third. So that's a great result for M Sport. Uh, they seem to yeah, like really good. Mexico. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly, because uh, Elvin Evans nearly won it, didn't he? Uh, maybe not last year, but the year before. I think so. Yeah. yeah. It's just he just clipped a bridge right at the end, so that was so that was good. But Evans didn't have a good one. He he didn't enjoy it. He still came in fourth. Yeah. But you know, but uh, and only forty forty seconds behind Sunanen in the end. Yeah. Dramatically lappy. <laughs> His Fiesta, his M Sport Fiesta, just caught fire. Is that whose car it was? Because yes. I was going to ask who, who, and what it was that had caught fire. Because it looks quite spectacular. The, the brakes were overheating, and he did the usual trick of trying to go faster to put it out, but that hmm. didn't. It wasn't. Uh, that wasn't happening. So that was a quick quite exit serious of the over, car before before things before it just burnt the whole thing out. So. It got it got closed down because of uh, coronavirus, and now they're on a pause, mm-hmm. as as was announced today by UK Motorsport or Motorsport UK. I think yeah. all events are now on pause for the foreseeable future. BTCC had also announced earlier in the day that they were postponing the first three rounds. Well, they had a closed uh, testing session at Silverstone today. Oh, yeah. It was so I imagine be- there was a lot of discussion that was going on. Yeah. it, it Basically, we're, we're all going to be waiting and seeing, and it'll come back when it can come back. Can I just say, there is, will be a link in the in the show notes to the some of the photos from Rally Mexico. Yep. And I don't know what it was, the combination of everything, but there are... I've just seen a lot of really amazing photos from Rally Mexico. If nothing else, even if you don't read the articles, I would recommend this. This could easily have been a a list or a slideshow or whatever of the week. There are some wonderful, wonderful photos in there. So please uh, do go to the show notes at motoringpodcast.com or via your podcast player if it supports that uh, and click on the link. Yep. But... Without any real-world motorsport, we Mm. are not totally bereft, are we, Alan? No, we're not. Uh, Last weekend was the the, virtual eSports All-Star Battle, and it was really good. I watched it. To be honest, I watched it, and 50,000 others watched it, which meant that it actually had greater viewing than Sky's Formula One coverage. But that's what happens when one is behind a paywall and one is is out there and available. Yep. 
it was really good. That was, you know, hosted and run by the race, the motorsports website. It was cracking. There were there were lots of people. Some of them were uh, sim racers. Or oh, sorry, e- what's the correct term? Sim racer or esport racing drivers. This, this is Andrew's department. <laughs> uh, so yes, so there were e racing drivers. There there were also real life racing drivers. Yep. Uh, people like Max Verstappen, Juan Pablo Montoya, others. Uh, it was just. I say others, that sounds terrible, but it was a sort of knockout, multiple round uh, set up over four races plus single lap, you know, uh, single fastest lap qualifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was great. Jack Nichols was commentating, yeah. uh, Joylan Palmer was commentating, and uh, Rene Butler, I've pronounced that wrong, and he told off Jack Nichols for his pronunciation during the commentary as well. Uh, but it was it was good. I mean, it is it is good fun to watch. Uh, I mean, I've seen I've seen a few comments, and I've been involved in a few conversations with people who say, "Well, there isn't the the real threat and trepidation and all the rest of it." But if you're watching, I mean, I I watch quite a lot of this, uh, and if you're watching the streams and you know the people and you're following them, when they make a mistake, you that feels very real to watch, and you should see the reactions from the or the reactions from the drivers themselves. For them, it's very real. Okay, they don't have to go to hospital to be checked out for concussion, but everything else is real, the disappointment or the excitement or the happiness or the sadness. As someone who previously followed Formula One quite closely, I've got to say that the, spec- the home spectator feel was just the same as watching a real race. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the it was no different from this point of view. Only there were fewer, there were fewer irrelevant people on the grid. You know, and, and you know, the, we didn't have to be subjected to Eddie Jordan on a pit walk or any of these things. Yeah. It was the actual race was was good, and it was hard work for the commentators because they had to commentate on four or five races in the time that they would, in this case, normally be commentating on one race with all the challenges that that brings with it. And it chomped along pretty quickly. There was no real slack time at all. But I thought it was good. I really I enjoyed watching it. Uh, if I'm around and free this weekend, which I probably will be, uh, then they're running it again. They're running similar. Uh, what they're doing is one race for real racers, in inverted commas, and one race for the esports stars so that it balances it up a wee bit. Yeah. A quick mention, by the way, for Paul O'Neill as well Uh, they arranged it last week between kind of friday lunchtime and sunday they sort of came up with the idea and said let's try and do this on the friday they did it on the sunday uh it got announced paul o'neill said can i join in having never sim raced at all before and um i don't think he was last at his race no but yeah good on him for having a shot yep absolutely and if if anyone's watched it and they're interested in that sort of thing go on to the likes of twitch or Mixer, or YouTube, and put in, uh, you know, uh, racing, uh, and you will find lots of options. You will see there are different games, and you may prefer one game over another game or a particular style of racing, uh, but there are lots of options out there and lots of quality racing. There was one chap racing at the weekend who everybody seemed to know who he was. Jimmy Broadbent. He's a U- YouTubist. Yeah, him. Yep. There you go. Yeah. It's, um, no, it's, it's still not much. I did have a wee look, but still... No, it's still I, I still know I know nothing. But everybody seemed to know who he was, and he was streaming his race at the same time. And I believe 
doing his stuff with it. Yeah, he talks while he's racing along. He talks to the people who are commenting in YouTube Live whilst he's racing and still doesn't crash. If anybody has ever tried to to talk to camera whilst driving, okay, even just normal quiet driving, and you've tried to to, to actually talk and be sensible and not even repeat yourself, and you you can hear how bad I am at it now when I'm concentrating on doing it. It's the only thing I have to be doing other than not knocking the microphone um it's the only thing i have to be doing and i'm still rubbish at it and these people can do it non-stop whilst racing a race and doing well in the race yep which is incredible yes lots of skills involved yeah Genius just don't stuff. get hung up on whether you think it's a sport or not everybody just enjoy it just enjoy whether it's it for sport what it or is. not whether it's so i had another thought about this after i saw the lot of consternation on the social media as usual i had a thought about this and it doesn't matter if it's sport or not it's still competition and competition is good to watch yeah absolutely i'm going to move on to the lunchtime read and it's been a while but once again friend of the show nia khan has written a rather excellent article on linkedin that is titled joining the dots that aren't there and this is an excellent one that is about how designers and uh, the creative side of things needs to look at ways you can use existing items, things, materials, etc. in really interesting ways in where they haven't potentially been used before. Uh, and, and it's a great explanation of it, I think. Can, can I point out what the catalyst of this was? The yes. catalyst of this is the Lego Fiat 500 model. Yes. Which is a bit odd because there's lots of very specific parts have been made because if the one car that really isn't suitable for modeling in Lego is a Fiat 500 because it's tiny and lots of rounded shapes and double curvatures and all these things which Lego does not do well in small scale. And so there was some outcry about that. And this is this is near coming back with, a, with a, his response to that as someone who loves... Small Italian cars and Lego and <laughs> who knows a bit about stuff and is very good at expressing himself. Yep. Click through on the link and read that. So it's n- it is not about it is not about commuting for a change. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, it's it's, it's genius stuff. Really, really nice good stuff there. It is. This week's list of the week, uh, moving on from Nia's article is a cracker it's from superunleaded.com and this is one that andrew found actually and it's suggesting five ways to get your petrol head kicks in self-isolation so topical and good (laughs) yes it's topical and good uh, and and we need to keep an eye on this site i think if it has more stories like this but yeah it's 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 a short list it's certainly five items I'm not going to tell you exactly what they are. Otherwise, what's the point in us telling you about the list? Yep. It involves learning, it involves playing, and it involves watching. Yes. Uh, are three of three things, uh, as well as sort of building stuff too. Yep. Do go have a little bit of a look at that. Link in the show notes as ever, but it's on uh, superunleaded.com. Can I add a sixth one? Oh, go on then. I think um, for anyone who who's perhaps going to have time on their hands and not be required to go elsewhere, maybe I don't know, swapping an engine in the Yaris. Maybe we should, uh, we should have that. of the minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't plan the engine swap and then sort of hope that your garage doesn't get shut. <laughs> 
but talk to but talk to Alan if you are considering such a such a if you're considering brave... such a foolhardy thing. <laughs> uh, we found someone else who's done it to a right hand drive one, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, tricky, scary stuff. When I returned to home last last week and um, I've been away for a couple of days. And there was there was only one car on the drive, and it was like, oh, it's real. <laughs> you know, we're playing with the big boys now. Ah. Right. Oh, and finally, and like I said earlier, the dark, dark times that we're in now currently. Who uh, who knows what's going to happen in the next twenty minutes? Let's go back to September. September last year, when it was Goodwood Revival, and there was some... It, it was a wonderful event, and on a couple of the races, the light was absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But this is a video uh, on Goodwood, Goodwood Road and Racing's site that picks out the five most beautiful moments of Goodwood Revival 2019, and they are lovely. So go and watch that, and you will end up with a smile on your face. It's on their YouTube channel as well. Yep. Excellent stuff. No, that's a really great selection, I think. Uh, it's important that they're not all doom and gloom stories this week. No, I think. we tried Otherwise, looking. We, we did look knows. for some, because we need them as well. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, like we no. enjoy just giving out bad news, you know. Not all the time. <laughs> not all the time, no. Not even Andrew enjoys doing that. <laughs> Parish notes before we go. Uh, special edition was out last Friday. Yes, that was from you. It was from me and me alone, which is a little bit scary, given you'll look at it and go, 40 minutes of just Alan. Well, I listened to it four times when I was doing the editing, so trust me. Uh, <laughs> if you think it was hard for you. Do have a listen. I went to visit Cité de l'Automobile and the Schlumpf Collection in Malouz. Uh, I tried to give a bit of a history lesson first, which I hope isn't too tedious, and a little bit of talk about some of the stuff to whet your appetite that's that's there in the in the collection uh it's a really wonderful museum i haven't been to it for 16 17 years something ridiculous like that it was great to go back they've made some big changes to the building and to to just stuff and it's great whenever you get a chance again uh do go do go visit it mm-hmm. and and hopefully if you give a, a, a listen to special edition you'll get a flavor of why you should just go listen to it excellent special edition this friday provided we get the finger out and record them tomorrow night yes so it's still reliant on neither of us dying between today and tomorrow night and then tomorrow night and friday yes we feel we should make that clear to you just you know if everything if if everything goes to plan then there will be a special edition out on friday i think that's a fair way of doing it cool okay on which note with pregnant pause and sort of silence and i'm getting a look uh we shall move on uh and round off so don't forget folks between now and next week you can give us any feedback share your thoughts of the show at motoring podcast on twitter and instagram on facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com the hub of all our activities uh don't forget about patreon and any of the other ways to support us available at motoringpodcast.com slash support and please leave a review or rating on apple Podcasts or however your app podcast app lets you do such a thing it really does matter andrew what's the best way to get in touch with you best way to get in touch with me is via twitter if you search for crack windscreen you should find me there and alan if people would like to pick your brains about what's the best way to 
potentially change the engine of Yaris. What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, you can do that via Twitter, where I'm at, AJP Bradley. And I will send you many links to what other people have done and some old pictures and some bits and pieces and all sorts of stuff that myself and my mate Lauren have gathered together over the last few months. And bore the socks off you. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. <laughs> and safe motoring.